0: Eurylo 6 may be cold, but today we've got only the hottest news. Welcome to Trailblazer Talk. I'm your host, David. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew. Hello. Miu.
1: Heyo.
0: And Tony. Greetings. Get your parkas ready as we dive into all the gameplay mechanics, lore, gotcha, and more. As a general note, uh, this episode is going to contain spoilers for the main story of Eurilo 6. So if you haven't completed the story of Eurilo 6, maybe finish that up first and then join us for the podcast after that. But beforehand, lots of interesting things have been happening uh, in, in the game and in the news in general. Miu, maybe you can tell us a little bit about something that you uncovered in an interesting article.
1: Ah, yes, the Valorant pro player who forced his team to forfeit a match because he couldn't stop playing StarRail. <laughs> 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 that, happened, that happened a while ago, Um, but it just, it made me laugh so much because uh, I mean, I think we all understand why that happened. <laughs> 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 I too can't stop playing StarRail.
2: I, I sympathize because you, you know, you're in it, you're in it. I play Valorant as well, and you're in a match in, in Valorant. I'm, I'm, of course, as, as I am with every game, somewhat terrible. And, you know, you're playing with your team, you, you die immediately as you do, and you realize, oh, I got, I got a good 45 seconds to 60 seconds to continue my battle and you get distracted and you, you're involved in what you do in Star Rail. And The next thing you know, your team's screaming at you because you're you're at base and everyone's dead and you're the last one standing. So I, I can totally see how that can happen in Valorant. Well, actually the, the, how it happened was a slightly more
3: nuanced in that, whereas he needed to prepare by like installing some software for in preparation for the match but he was too busy playing Starbell to actually do that so he actually ran out of time before the match started to have like his computer all set up ready to go for the match
1: right cuz it was Jeez. a pro match
3: <laughs>
2: oh oh goodness so he do, he wasn't even do he was so he wasn't he was at least being he, didn't, he wasn't trying to play two, match, two games at the same time. He just didn't prepare On, time to play. Honestly,
1: worse, because yeah. he had the time to install the software, but just forgot in yeah. favor of Star Rail.
0: There's nothing quite like having a job where your job is to play video games, but you're unable to do your job of playing video games because you were playing video games at the time. This This does not feel like this is a thing that should happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know it doesn't feel like real life. Uh, That's why I thought the articles that were popping up about it were just so funny, and again, also understandable. I also have been frequently nearly forgetting to do my Genshin dailies because I've been too busy playing Star Rail.
3: Yeah, I think all the reaction to his like remark about this was, "Oh, we understand. We 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 know. Not really like being angry or upset with
2: them. (laughs) Exactly." <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny that you mentioned the um the you know forgetting to your your Genshin dailies and some of the fatigue that has set in on my on my you know playing both Star Rail and Genshin knowing that now i i used to i used to call what what i would have to do every day with with genshin like my my daily chores i'd have to get up and i gotta go do my dailies spend my resin do what i gotta do and now i got two games that i gotta do this with every day and all of a sudden that's eaten into a pretty pretty big chunk of time at some point that that starts to give a significant amount of fatigue into, into video gaming
3: Ugh. i mean that's certainly been a, a worry about a lot of people where they only have time for one live service game
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, live service games are are so different than traditional games. You know, I can I I can go out and buy a bunch of of different games that are on sale on Steam or or elsewhere and know that oh, I'll get this now and I'll always I can always play it later. I'm not missing anything. With Genshin, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the situation right now that they have an event that is going to end on Sunday, and I haven't done the prerequisite quest for it because they only release the area. And the quest this release, and the event's gonna end this release, and it's the first time I'll have missed an event, and I'm like, kind of, like, legitimately kind of stressed out about it because I haven't gotten to it.
1: You and I are in the exact same boat. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> that
2: these live service games kind of get you to this point where it feels a little <laughs> bit like a chore, where where you've gotten to the point where you're where you're just feeling like, oh man, what I you know I got I gotta do my laundry. I gotta go, you know, take care of my. I gotta mow the lawn. I I gotta go go to work in the morning. I, oh, I got more Genshin stuff to do. Oh, gee, I got too much going on. Like when it's in that category, it's right. it, it's kind of crazy, right?
1: And I do say, um, at least with Star Rail, because it's not like open world in the same way that Genshin is. I feel like it's a little easier to like be able to put it down for a day or two and then pick it back up if necessary Mm -hmm. it's and maybe because it's just so new it hasn't at all felt like a chore maybe also because there's not many daily quests in comparison we'll see
2: yeah no i think that's there's something definitely to be said for that i think genshin being such an expansive open world game and not just such an open world game but to the point where the the nature of, of the how how much of an open world game has almost increased over time just sumeru itself has gotten bigger compared to the terrible. previous regions and it's just so so big and there's so much to explore compared with the early regions of the game that it it almost feels exponential in how much you have to do to keep up right really cuz the opening areas were pretty expansive already oh oh, oh absolutely
1: it it, it yeah. felt yeah looking at comparisons between like sumeru and mondstadt is insane because Mondstadt felt so massive when genshin first launched and it is still very large but sumeru is just like i think it's a good three four times bigger at this point
3: real question would be i know this is kind of one of the main complaints dave has had with Genshin impact is the limited time events where they cash in all that fomo where if you don't finish this quest line now you're not going to experience this story because they'll cycle it out and maybe they'll come it back, but maybe not.
1: Yeah, with Genshin, it Genshin is really the only like gotcha-esque like live service game in that sense that doesn't have an archive of like ways to at least see the story parts of an event that happened. Like, And you can't even, in Genshin, see an archive of, like, the actual, like, Archon quests. There isn't one in the game like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really the only game that I've ever played that's been a live service game that doesn't have that accessible to some extent. Like, I've I've been playing Gacha for a long time, unfortunately. Um, and I know, for example, back when Love Live was really popular, if you missed an event, you could still, like, read the stories. Or if you, like and you can always go back to the storylines. Like, it would be saved in the game. So if you finished a story, you could go revisit it at any time. Genshin, your only option is to record it.
0: <laughs> I think in Star Rail, they've created so many different places for you to go read up on the lore and just... There's, there's just this huge reading component that I think is going to make it easier to at least come to grips with what the story is. So if you think about um, simulated world or uh, any of the, the, the data sheets with on the train, things and that, I think that's going to help tie up the story. So you don't, you know, after Genshin has been out for a while and you meet Scaramouche for the first time, it's like, who's this guy? Why is everyone else so excited and I've never met I've never met this person in my life before.
1: Yeah, if you weren't playing in 1.1, you would have missed out on his introductory event <laughs> like straight up. Um I do hope with Star Rail, uh as you were saying with all the data reports and just I hope they do introduce com- some kind of like story archive because it's so much more of a single player RPG experience. I hope that it's a little easier on new players like that especially if people are joining in like you know a year from now Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing
3: it's still too early to kind of see if that's what's going to happen because we haven't had our first
0: event well it's yet really
1: yeah not our first like real event in that
4: way
0: i think we'll see something soon though because especially with the uh recent release of uh uh, uh banner like once that banner ends, I think we're going to see the 1.1 release. Probably, you know, uh, either we'll see a, an event before the 1.1 release or 1.1 will come with some event alongside.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing it'll come with 1.1 based on just the other miHoYo games I've played.
0: So, mm-hmm. uh, sp- Speaking of uh, the new banner that just came out today, what did people think of uh, the banner trailer?
1: I loved it. I really like his character and if I haven't seen leaks which I will not mention um <laughs> I would definitely be pulling for him right now.
0: I've I've really enjoyed the memes about the uh the banner trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any yet. Oh <laughs> uh, what's what's his uh what's his protege's name? I I, I forget. Um, it's like oh, the, Yan the kid or something? Yeah, the kid. I there's a uh, there's just right? one meme where he's sitting there and it's like me trying to figure out, you know, why I can't win. And then the uh, uh, text sort of over uh, Jingwan is like me eating all the pieces while he's not looking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I love the chess memes in general for other fandoms. So I'm I'm glad Starrel's picking up on those.
0: Have, have any of you uh, pulled on this banner yet? I uh, know yet because it just came out like an hour ago. or something. ago. Well, yeah. I, yeah, yeah,
4: that's
0: that's plenty of time. There's only 19 days and 20 hours left on the banner.
2: <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't get Zila, so uh, I did, I did get to almost 70 polls without getting Zila. So Oops. my first five star is going to get pretty close. So it, it, I'm, I usually, I had, you know, obviously zeila had been rated as a pretty darn good character i usually wait for the early returns and see what people say about the character if they are well well built in someone who is worth investing into um but if if i'll watch a video or two um once people have started pulling and and whether or not the the early returns are good but if that's the case it's, it's likely i'll end up pulling on this banner I, the one thing i have heard is that the light cone for this banner is supposedly amazing
1: Heard that
2: too. Yeah, crit crit damage, thirty six percent crit damage. You
1: can't go wrong with crit, to be honest.
2: No, no that's that's definitely true.
0: I mean that that was the real benefit of uh, Zila's light cone too, right? Because that one was uh, straight crit as well, I, I mm-hmm. believe. Mhm.
2: Yeah. So this, I'm looking at it now. It's thirty six percent crit damage, and just flat increases skill and ultimate damage by eighteen percent. Ooh. So yeah. So it's just a it's just a straight up. You know, on top of everything else just a, a, a damage increase so yeah it's it seems pretty darn good
1: if the light cone banners aren't quite as awful as the weapon banners in genshin uh that might be nice to have
2: well i noticed that it's not a double banner like that is Genshin.
1: yeah i noticed that too
2: which is which is i think the biggest complaint about the the weapon banners right because sure. you you just you uh, you're so easy to get the weapon you don't want and then not be able to use it.
0: And and you have to win the banner, uh, or rather, you have to lose the banner in Genshin three times, right? right Whereas right. Uh, in Star Rail, it's a 75-25 on the uh, the yeah. the weapon banner. So you're way more likely to get something that you actually want. It's it's still a little unclear to me if that uh, that value is there. Mm-hmm. Although uh, I am friends with someone on Star Rail that had a E6 uh, f- and f- you know fully refined uh, light cone uh, Zila. Oh
2: my god, terrifying!
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome.
2: Money to burn.
0: <laughs> like I I don't I don't even know how to properly clear some of the bosses and stuff because she can basically one hit bosses at uh, my my current equilibrium level.
1: Oh uh, Which... yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's awesome.
1: That's insane actually. <laughs> Good to know that there are already whales going that hard this early.
0: Yeah, you would
3: definitely have to spend a lot to get that all ticked out, uh, tricked out.
1: Even with I... getting lucky, you'd have to spend a lot. Oh yeah.
0: I, I, I wasn't thinking about talking about this until later, but maybe it's worth bringing it up now. So I, I, had, uh, I had gone down the math rabbit hole for in investing resources, spending money, trying to figure that sort of stuff out. And uh, it, it all started for me with, I had some fuel and I wanted to ask, should I spend this fuel now or later? The the way I eventually sort of arised out of uh my, my fuel investment was I had like twenty-nine fuels at the time that was gonna get me, you know, one thousand seven hundred forty trailblazer power. At the end of the day, that basically works out to seven days worth of stuff. Can we skip ahead to Tony's stupid question?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What right. what, what what is
2: fuel? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm,
0: I'm actually i got my inventory open do i have any fuel
2: what is what, you should is it is it like you a, definitely
0: it, should okay yeah you You to have a little bit of fuel um one of the ways you can easily uh check how much fuel you have is if you uh pull up the map just to see the uh, uh trailblaze power that you have yep there should be an option for how to refresh and you can either refresh with the thing on the left which is fuel or the thing on the wow. right which is jade
2: yeah, and the I I thought it was like a it looked like a,
0: like whiskey to me. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know fuel. Well, I mean, no, knowing knowing the trailblazer, it may just be whiskey. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you never
1: know.
0: The the thing I was trying to figure out is would this even take me to the next equilibrium level? And the answer was quickly no. This was not going to take me anywhere near the next equilibrium level. But. Um, If I were to have just one more level of equilibrium, like instead of being at three, being at four, that was going to uh, double the amount of gear pieces I was going to end up with, right? Mm -hmm. So like 40 something versus 80. So I I ultimately opted not to to use my fuel, but then now that I had a spreadsheet open and since I played EVE Online, also known as Spreadsheet Hero, like I couldn't couldn't stop. I started to figure out like, oh, there's a cash store. What should you actually be buying from the cash store? Like what's the right sort of math behind this? And I think unsurprisingly to most people, it's basically if you're going to spend money, you should probably buy either the supply pass or the, uh, the nameless honor. Uh the supply pass being like that five dollar you know welkin blessing sort of thing somewhere in Genshin where uh every pull basically comes out to twenty seven cents a pull like that's pretty good. and then the nameless honor, which is um a little bit more expensive, it's uh works out to basically one twenty one a pull, which is more or less the exact same like value for pull that you're getting when you buy uh Jade for the very first time, right. But the difference is you're going to get like 210 character weapon XP, like all, all this other stuff.
3: And some of that can be translated back into Trailblaze power. Like there's probably some way to math it out depending on what equilibrium level you're at.
0: Yeah. Th- that's what makes it hard to sort of go in the other direction to find out how many days of value it is. But I, I think that... If your goal is, I want to get more stuff done in the game, the Nameless Honor seems to be the place to spend it because then you can use your Trailblaze power for stuff that's, you know, not weapon XP and not money or any of, like, some of the random resources because you can also get uh, uh, items that will convert into, like, the blue and purple resources for you. Uh, there's also a twenty of dollar version of the nameless honor, and no one should get that.
4: No one should get
0: that. <laughs> no one. But what Zero if you people. really
3: want those uh, profile icons?
0: So, yeah, for 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 ten dollars, you get five fuel. So okay, you can use that up in like three minutes. Two portraits, which you're not going to use because everybody's going to use the trash can icon, as
1: they should. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's it like basically that's 300 trailblaze power and two portraits i i don't understand who this demographic is that we well, get the 10 levels as well so maybe if you couldn't actually do yeah your maybe dairies. if
3: you don't
1: have time to play all the time
0: yeah, may, maybe if you uh you know need those extra levels
1: I'll confess, I do sometimes pay for the uh, $20 battle pass in Genshin. Um, (laughs) Mostly for the name cards that I
2: don't use anyway. (laughs) You
1: know how it goes. So we'll see if I end up doing the same in Star and then I can really tell you how useless it is.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't think I will do it uh, usually, but this is a case where I will not have uh, nearly the chance to get to level 50 it might be worth it to do the to get those last 10 levels if i get close
0: yeah
2: Uh, but that's the only reason i can think of doing it because otherwise even just to purchase 10 levels straight up would cost 1500 jade which is a lot
1: yeah i would wait until like the last day before it ends for the like time period and then if you're close enough might as well
2: yeah but those those last 10 levels are pretty good they are yeah. That that would again, that would be the only reason. And when I do this in Genshin, if you start early enough, I never have a problem getting to the end, but because it's again like first release.
1: Yep. I don't need the extra ten levels when I purchase it, but uh it does save me some free time, so
2: You know what I never understood? I don't understand why neither Genshin or Star Rail has like spot sales. Like every other silly game out there that I've seen has like a spot sale.
1: Absolutely. Every other gotcha game I've ever played will have some kind of like an anniversary sale or like a holiday sale of some kind. Um, or even
2: like yeah. a next three hours buy now, get 50% off or I don't know, something to yeah. kind of spurge you into buying something quick. Right? <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. And
2: and uh, I've never I've, they, they just don't have that. And like I'm not saying that I would do that <laughs> but but i mean like last night when i was like mad about not getting zila i could have put 20 bucks down to to guarantee myself under the five star careful they might be listening and instead i look at the cost oh,
1: see that's a good point maybe it should track you when you're pulling. and if you don't get something within a certain amount have no, a spot and sale instead,
2: in order to get the, the 20 they get the 20 um Wishes I was gonna need, I would have to spend fifty bucks, and I'm like, I'm not gonna spend fifty dollars. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: You know what's you know what's even crazier? What do you think the worst cost, uh, the worst case cost is to get a uh, a single E zero? Because I've already figured that out.
3: <laughs> oh boy. Worst.
0: Isn't the worst it case
3: because it's all probability based still.
0: No, because because there's uh, bad luck protection and stuff like that. Well even for
3: 160... the, uh, the banners cause they, it still is a split of like 75% do you actually get that
0: no so for um for, for either of the banners uh, if you lose the first time you'll win the second time so it's not like you'll you can keep losing and not getting Zila or not getting your weapon or whatever right
2: so it's okay. 180 wishes right
0: 180 wishes
2: Yeah. how much does that cost is that what you're, what you're
0: asking yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean different... you're willing to spend 20 bucks right i think it's
1: like 130 or something
0: like that oh it's more than that (laughs) oh god because i mean i suppose if you're if you're starting with uh you know the uh uh, the first time poll but if if you're the kind of person that's putting in money you've already blown through those first time uh uh purchases that's true so once once you're past that uh Every every single uh, eidolon, or just even a character, in a worst case scenario, is going to cost you four hundred thirty six dollars and twenty two cents
1: for hundred and eighty pulls.
0: For hundred eighty pulls, because yeah, pull works out to two uh, two bucks and forty two cents. Possibly be right. I don't it is believe that. Absolutely yeah. right. Who is their Who is their what? target customer? <laughs> uh, rich people. <laughs> I mean, that's a great market to target. So when when you go all the way to E6, if you are, you know, wailing super hard, you're getting the, uh, you know, the E6 Zila, you're getting the fully refined weapon, you're adding me to your friends list on uh, Honkai Star Rail. That's costing you over 6,000 bucks.
1: <laughs> so I have C6 Tartaglia because I'm... I have problems. Um, it did not cost me six thousand dollars to get that.
2: Um, yeah, but you I, probably didn't whale for C six Tartaglia. You probably earned a good number of those constellations over time. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> so
1: his first banner in November of 2020, I won the 50-50 both times and got him to see one immediately. And that okay. cost me $60. Um, When his second banner came around in, I think it was March 2021. Yes, that sounds right. March 2021, or was it April? In that time period, I got him to see four. And that I think I spent 150 on? I got pretty lucky with those pulls, it wasn't like a miserable time. And then to get him to c 6 in October 2021 cost me I think 250 Because I lost most of the 50-50s.
0: Definitely a big part of it comes down to whether you're losing the 50-50s or not, because it's, you know, it's much more yeah. reasonable. Like, these are worst-case uh, numbers, and not just to get a C6 Tartagli in this case, this should also be <laughs> getting his, you know, completely refined weapon.
1: Yeah. I don't generally mess with the weapon banner too much. Um, I do have... I do have a decent amount of five-star opens in Genshin, but I think the most I've ever spent on the weapon banner to actually get the weapon to like, let's say, I think I got one to refinement rank three. I think that actually cost a good two, three hundred dollars. So, yeah, the weapon banner definitely could raise that price pretty quickly. <laughs> Six thousand dollars. I think I'm gonna need a couple days to think about that. <laughs>
0: well hey in in a best case scenario and you're you're you've already sp- completely bought out the store and stuff like that you're only paying 1500 bucks a bargain <laughs> or I, you know I, I can just share everyone with uh you know on this podcast the uh person that i'm friends with because maybe they'll keep uh you know whaling super hard in the future Not <laughs> <batches>. nothing <laughs>
1: better than being friends with a whale <laughs>
0: It, it was so funny i i went to do some of my uh dailies today and for a moment i thought they had unfriended me and it was just like oh it was it was good while it lasted but now it was just a weird ordering thing
1: uh, <laughs> wow that is a crazy amount of money that you would have like the worst case scenario, still but like uh thank you for doing the math on that <laughs>
0: Remind us again how much money uh, Starville has pulled in the
3: first, you know, month.
0: Uh, At this point, it's been over uh, forty million dollars, and for for reference, that is uh, in a worst case scenario over ninety one thousand six hundred (laughs) sixty seven seals. So.
1: So as of uh, as of six days ago, it has been at it was at seventy two million dollars. Uh, of revenue.
0: <laughs> oh, then then I uh, yeah I'm only looking at the iOS revenue, so yeah, it, it's probably even more than
1: that. <laughs> I think that's only mobile revenue. I think that's just oh a, uh, iOS and uh, the Google Play Store. <laughs> so
0: yeah. So uh, when when are the four of us going to start making a gotcha game? <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I knew how to game develop. I definitely would.
0: Uh, the problem is not so much making the gacha
3: game, it's making the gacha game that competes with this level of quality that they put in their gachas.
1: That is so true, because, I, as I said, I'm very well-versed in the uh, the gacha genre, if you will, and Genshin and Star Rail are definitely some of the best quality, and you really get the most out of them, in my opinion. There's just always so much to do. It, it really doesn't feel boring ever
3: and you don't even really necessarily have to pay anything to experience all that.
1: Exactly.
0: Maybe on on the topic of that uh, that quality story and gameplay, maybe we should move on to uh Urelo 6 at this point.
2: Yes. Yes, I have uh I have some hot takes. Well, oh boy. Or should oh. I say Or should I say cold takes? Ice cold oh. takes. Ice cold like the atmosphere of Euro 6.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm ready to hear them. Yeah,
2: I um i I really liked the story liked the characters at the end of the day I was I was there was a couple things that threw me about the ending um but do, I, I don't know do should we should we jump right into the ending or do you guys want to walk through the story a little bit chronologically because I can I can go right I can go right into my biggest complaint
0: why don't we when don't we, why don't we t- at least hit uh, a, a few of the sure. earlier points of the story because I also think that there were some uh Real winners in the story, both in the main quest and the side quests, that mm-hmm. we should also uh, uh, touch on. Yeah, like uh, obviously, uh, there's all of the adventures in uh, waste management. That <laughs> those... <laughs> yes, got a lot of the trash can content.
1: Probably one of my favorite parts of the game so far, honestly.
3: <laughs> it's just a whimsy or humor to this entire like side content that's just kind of pretty good.
1: Yeah, I and as a um. A very long time JRPG fan. I always check trash cans, so imagine my delight when I started to trash cans in this game.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think they did a, a great job of setting like the comic relief tone through things like the uh, the garbage cans. I thought that the uh, the closet scene <laughs> when you first go to the Gerda Hotel was mm-hmm. awesome.
4: That was great.
0: <laughs> Curse you, hotel devil!
4: Did you
1: guys also do the um, the hotel review before you left?
0: Of yes. course. Wait, was
2: there that you. in the was that in the underground or the over or the or, or the uh, above ground hotel? There's definitely one in the underground. Uh, I remember doing that. Okay, one. yep, I did that one. Yep, I felt guilty. I said everything was great. I could not do that.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't, didn't too say polite. that i i th- I really thought about it, and I actually rated some of the things relatively well because i I did think that the lighting seemed nice. I did think that it was a generally homey environment. I think the only thing that I rated low was the bed sheets because it's like, ah, these are clearly not good bed sheets.
4: <laughs> I think I did the same.
1: <laughs> I gave something like an average rating and then rated everything else like very good
0: mm-hmm. It
2: was just so earnest. I appreciated it,
0: yeah, I think. They did a good job introducing the uh, characters throughout the story as well. Like the opportunity. (laughs) Oh, yeah, except for Payla. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So someday she's going to get her uh, her arc, everyone but Payla. Someday. (laughs) But I, I, I think that they did a really nice job of bringing in new characters all the time, helping us get just like a taste of them. And we also saw evolution of the characters as well.
1: Yeah, we definitely saw a lot of growth um, from some of them. I really liked Branya's whole character arc.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely talked a little bit last week about um, the potential ship of Branya and Zila. And uh, I definitely saw how that developed and I can definitely see where that's coming from. I'll be honest, it left me a little cold. Zila was uh, definitely very eager to to uh, join forces with Branya towards the end there, and I was like, hey, you know, maybe go on a few dates first. But other than that, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I
0: don't know, just they they just met. I don't
2: know.
0: It was a speed uh, date. That was a heck of a speed date. They they sh- they shipped a lot of characters on Eurolo 6 as, as well. Because I uh,
2: they did, and there was one pairing that I was disappointed was not kind of more developed and that was um cacolia and serval that was one that i thought would have been really interesting but I that's like I, see where they,
0: you're coming from. I so I, I wonder if maybe there was some additional side quests that i did do that maybe you didn't do to uh with cacolia and and serval because i felt that they tied that up pretty well
2: you i mean if, uh, i'll give you permission to spoil anything at this point
0: so that's did you did, yeah did, did you learn about um how like uh serval's guitar was actually given to her and, and made by cocolia as an example
2: no i i don't remember that
0: okay then yeah
3: that's the companion quest you get probably after you complete
2: no and that makes sense like it was very clear that they had a strong like, yeah. you know, Bond when they were younger. And, like, that was that that was something that um, made clear. And then they had this giant falling out. What I think I was disappointed in, and I, it was at the end of the quest, Kokolia just felt like a very typical, like, bad guy. You know? And I think, I, I suspect her motivations were much more complex at that point.
4: Oh, I see what you mean.
0: Yeah, I, I think that um, they tried to explain some of that in that Serval uh, companion quest because it it definitely expands a little bit more on her backstory mm-hmm. and very much one of those uh, h- historians said they were roommates sort of uh, relationship between mm. Serval and Kakolia. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that that was one of the story beats that I was uh, disappointed with, to, to be honest. I think that that one was... Uh, pretty, pretty decent, all all said and done. But maybe that's one that when you get a chance to go through a little bit more of the story, see where like she's conflicted.
2: Yeah. Again, it's it's not. It, it was just. It felt very much like. Um, yeah. I. I. I it, at the very end, it felt very much like Akolia had embraced this. Is, this is what she was going to do, and she wasn't looking back. And. And to be totally honest, I'm gonna bit I didn't totally understand what she was trying to accomplish at the end. Like she had she taken the Stelleron, she was gonna what? Destroy the city or something? Like a new one. Like but it wasn't clear, like who's in this new city? Yeah, I was like, what what are, you, what are you trying to do here? Like we're gonna build a new civilization.
1: Yeah, rebuild so, society.
2: Yeah. It also wasn't clear to me, and this was like a weird theory I had. That I don't think is correct, but it, it struck me as interesting. The are we sure that she was talking to the Stellaron that whole time? I mean that was the assumption. Y-
0: yes. Yeah, that, I, I think that's pretty I think okay. that's that's pretty strongly uh, I- implied. Because that's was, also right? why uh, you know Stell can hear Kakolia communicating with the Stelleron because like she has the Stelleron inside of her at the end when you're seeing kakolia like basically lose herself it it really is that like she at that point has lost her last shred of humanity she basically disowns branya in that yep. last sort of uh, moment and the F- stellaron has basically convinced her that by destroying the world everything will be you know rebuilt anew and, like, maybe that's true in a sort of big bang, you know, mass destruction event sort of thing where the world ends. And there's some other world, but certainly not a new wonderful world for Cocolia, Bronya, and everyone else.
2: Yeah, it definitely seemed like twisted logic.
0: I'm also
3: questioning, like, how much control does the Stellarone have? Because you can see that influence it was trying to exert on Bronya during the, like, the, the walk up to the, uh, steleron. So how much is just, like, you know, persuasion, honey, honey words, logic, or just flat-out, you know, mind control?
0: So when, what they were talking about when they choose the the next leader, because, like, Bronya is not Kokolia's, like, natural-born daughter or anything like that. She's adopted. And it sounds like, uh, all of the leaders of, uh, uh, Balibos have been, um, Bellabogs, right? Uh, Bellabogs?
2: Belobog.
0: Bellabog? Yeah. Bellabog. All all the leaders of Bellabog have basically been um, orphans chosen by uh, some type of mechanism, right? So they're like getting a hold of different children, doing tests on them and things like that. It makes me wonder if what they're really trying to do is effectively find children that will be susceptible to the Stellaron and maybe even the people that are doing this don't understand that's what they're doing but uh the stellaron is effectively working through them in that way to find people that can be manipulated just like cacolia was
2: i actually thought it was maybe the other way around maybe they were trying to find children that were not susceptible to it because you know, they, and that stu- and and Kikolia just unfortunately failed at that at her yeah like cause he was... it sounds like
3: all Maybe, outside maybe the, perhaps the first Supreme Guardian in those flashbacks you saw, they all seem to be pretty on board with the uh, the de facto Stellaron. Mm-hmm. All hail Stellarron.
2: Oh, they uh, were they? Because it sounded like in the scene where the the um, the Trailblazer goes and is you know s- struck by Tacholia and then kind of has that scene in the in space and meets mm-hmm. the Guardians. She communicates to the guardians and then goes and touches the 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 lance, right? During that scene, she's talking to the guardians, and I think they the guardians say we tried to resist for as long as we could, but Kokolia couldn't do it anymore. That mm-hmm. that's at least what I took from that. So I my impression was that Kokolia was the last of a line of people trying to resist the Celeron and was unable to. But again, it's you know I'd have to like I'd have to rewatch the scene and and listen yeah. to the to the beats. It, I mean, it, the... it
0: may it may just intentionally be ambiguous. Yeah, right? and this
2: this is one of those things like that um, as we've seen over and over with Genshin, um, you're you're definitely you're not you're not necessarily viewing the truth. You're you're listening to someone's perspective, and they may not necessarily be telling you. The God's honest truth at that point, they're telling you what you want to hear or what they want you to hear. Um, so who knows what they were, what, what they actually were trying. The, the other thing that threw me was the voice of this is why I was also bringing this up is the voice of the guardians struck me as this very like childlike, weird, warped voice, which was very similar to that of the Stellaron when Kokoli was communicating with it. So I didn't know if maybe the voice of the guardians was who Kokoli was communicating with. And maybe this was all a big kind of mm-hmm. false false flag kind of a thing, because I'm not convinced myself that the Stellaron is straight up bad. I'll be honest; I don't think it's I don't think the, I don't think the story is going to be that simple. I don't think the story is going to be let's go kill all the Stellarons and then we win. Um,
0: I, I I definitely agree with you there.
3: <laughs> but otherwise Estelle uh, Stell Stel will be uh the villain at the end.
0: Right,
2: because you're true. made of you're made of a Stellaron. Like you are a Stellaron. Like if nothing else, you're you're the embodiment of one of them. So um you're you you're one in its first form. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So so I, I think so, there's some nuance or complexity here that we're missing. Are the Steleron's born from the uh eon of destruction, or are they like all the other
3: eons? I kind of forget that detail. Mm-hmm.
0: I th- I think they're all born of Nanook, right? Because they're. And that's the they're claim, yeah, you know, well, that's, okay. that's the thing. It's like yeah.
2: that's that's supposedly what's known, but like again, like maybe that's just. This is this is where I kind of get you know I like, kind of confuse myself. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, in the story, what people believe is that they all come from Nanook, mm-hmm. but that may not end up actually being the truth. Although it may end up being the truth. I mean, you can maybe, maybe this goes back to into the other argument, which is
3: um, not all the, maybe other eons can create stellarons as well. So you have like, what was it, Anaki, or I forget the name, the a- original a- Trailblazer. A- yeah, a- like, a- a- what a- if a- that's actually the stellaron that's in the stellar? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. As opposed path. to being the, you know, destruction, perhaps even for all we know.
0: Uh, so, like, your your pitch would be that um, other uh like of the aeons and stuff that have died they became stellarons
3: or there, maybe that's just the remnants of them perhaps we don't mm-hmm. know this is all just conjecture so, at this
2: point we're so early in the game and so early in the story that there's so much room for for yeah. um you know like lore crafting that it is we could go any direction with this you know what i mean so it's still there's still so much left to kind of yeah. dig out of this i'm sure i'm sure we could go online and find all sorts of theories <laughs> And hey, here's a pitch. You have any theories for the game? Email us at,
0: at uh, was it, trailblazer.talk? Uh, trailblazer.talk.podcast at gmail.com.
2: Email us your theories. We'll talk about it on air.
1: <laughs>
3: we sure will. I do have an interesting theory I was kind of wondering about, but I'll save that for the next spoiler cast, <laughs> for the next planet.
0: Speaking of just that, that whole fight in general, uh, wh- what did all of you think of the, the battle? The music was awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah mihoyo
1: never disappoints on their music
0: yeah
2: it was really i mean like i i will say that that is something that i really enjoyed and and that you're right mihoyo really really does awesome job with with the music they always go all out with with orchestration and and finding the the you know instrument instrumentation it's never it's never just a cheap midi file i'll say that um man it was it was pretty awesome especially especially the scene where you know she she comes back with the lance and everyone's just like oh my god she's back she's got a new power and the you know it's just uh, it was a little you know it's of course it's a little cliche but it was still just done so well and it's, it's so awesome and then you just know you're gonna win this fight
1: it was um, a lot of fun
0: yeah this this is also uh basically the second time we've seen Stell should have died as well and I'm really curious if we're gonna see that theme continue on multiple times
1: I think yes based on the whole a lot of this game seems to be based around the idea of you know finding the conclusion of the story Mm -hmm. and I think the point behind the like almost death scenes is to be like no you haven't reached the conclusion of the story yet you have Mm -hmm. to keep going um so i think we're going to see that repeated
3: the couple will never get the never get the and still will always die in each of these chapters okay got it <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i really loved the uh engine of creation uh mechanic that really took me back to like the the persona 5 fights when You've got the normal fight mechanics and then just some other cool thing that you're trying to accomplish off to the side. I, I really hope that we see more of that moving forward.
1: I agree, I love those kinds of fights. I think they're more engaging and just gives you more to do during a fight like that, so.
0: I know I said it last
3: week, but I'll continue to say it again. I, I thought when the um, when Kukura uses her ultimate for like the first time, suddenly the lyrics kick into the music. It was like, okay, that's this is gonna hurt, and
0: it, yes. <laughs> I think, for me, the only thing that I was, like, really severely disappointed with um, in Urilo 6 is the conclusion that Bronya came to for what should happen to the rest of society. And m- maybe that's less I'm unhappy with MiHoYo and more I'm unhappy with Branya. where it's just like, <laughs> well... We'll tell them it was a noble sacrifice. We'll lie to the people. That will protect them.
1: I, I think it I, was. I, I don't know. It felt in character from when we first meet her. It did kind of feel like it threw out a lot of the development that she went through, and like it kind of just ignored the last like three hours of the story for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did feel a little odd about that characterization.
3: But I just to understand, like, why you choose one decision versus the other. Like, it wasn't, like, a completely left turn of logic.
2: Yeah, and I, I kind of understood that, you know, I, I thought about it, too. And I'm, you know, obviously, I think it, it would feel good to tell everyone the truth. Because you're like, you know, you know, <laughs> why, why are we protecting this person who was just awful and wanted to kill everybody? But, um it's the kind of thing where it's like, what what are we trying to accomplish, you know? And and if, if if we tell the truth, what do we get out of that? What what does that do to people? Obviously, the stability of the of the city changes quite a bit uh, if people understand the ramifications of that. Right in this instance, you know, um, I'm a little hesitant to say that it has to be a forever thing. Like that can be information that maybe doesn't have to be kept secret forever, but in that moment where the leader has just died, I can totally see, you know, keeping it, keeping it private.
0: It creates the same risks that already happened, though, right? Because top scientists and stuff yeah. knew about the Stellaron, knew what the risks were, and people that potentially could have done something about it, like Serval, basically got stripped of all of their power like the the thing i'm i'm concerned for the the planet of Erelos 64 and and in, in general is the Celeron, uh, the stellaron is not destroyed Very the stellaron is sealed and we don't n- really know what it means that the stellaron is sealed like we know that if it is sealed at the moment, things like the train can move and that is a valuable uh, thing that helps them understand whether they've done something for now, but how long does it stay sealed? Like that—that's one of the reasons why the single best place in the galaxy for Stell to be is on the Astral Express. Because, like, if it stops moving, we know something is screwed up with her Stellaron. And if something is screwed up with Stellaron, you have all the people in the universe that can do something about a Stellaron right there but like you know branya isn't necessarily going to know what to do like Zila isn't going to know what to do
2: and they could both be easily corrupted by it if necessary
0: or 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 even worse it could be someone who is like off to the side that we don't even know about and slowly like builds up a a cult following
2: like our friend uh, uh i could see uh you know sampo there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's being, true. Being creepy with the huh? um, stellar on. it to the highest bidder.
1: Backtracking real quick, I think from a political standpoint, the choice not to tell the truth makes perfect sense, as you were saying earlier. Um, but I think what irritated me about that was that it was Bronya coming to that conclusion and not someone else. And I think you raise a really good point too about the potential for Branya to be corrupted in the future, and I do wonder if that decision is going to come back to bite her
3: because mm-hmm. of it. Who
0: who would you have had come up with that sort of uh, proposal, if not Branya?
1: I think that honestly, like the Trailblazer, probably would be my thought for that. I think it would make sense for their character based on what we know and also you know you can make all sorts of choices throughout the story to make that kind of choice even if you're railroaded into it by the game it might feel like a little more weight behind it i guess to say that like to be the one to make that call Mm -hmm. um but honestly it's hard to say who i would have rather that fell to i'm
3: just think like who'd be the most practical character of, of like your parties, like maybe well but he wasn't really involved with the political atmosphere of, yeah.
4: of
0: the yeah. world. I, I was, I was thinking of Velt, but like he's not there. Miss, Mr. Svarog might have been able to come up with that sort of proposal, but you know, he wasn't there either. Yep. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think he's like, the, the only character only who would have be Paul. Cold
0: and calculated enough.
3: Who? What was Jopal, that? Paul might be the only one who was close enough in that area, but depart depart sorry
1: yeah Japard, i do feel like would have made the call like that yeah but i'm thinking yeah.
3: that's that's who else is in there olga but he was still in the underworld <laughs>
0: that's that's a a good sort of a point in general what did people think about um the the oleg uh, natasha uh sort of thing because i know last time uh Tony had asked about who the boss with Wildfire was, and we're just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure, that that sounds right, Tony." <laughs> I
2: love Natasha. She's my favorite character. There's no question. I think she's she might be my my best character in the game. I, I she's the one character I don't go into any fight without. Uh, she's awesome in every way. I love the fact that she's more important in the game than you realize when you first meet her. Um, I, I, I just, I, what else positive can I say about her? I, I don't know great what else to say. Tactic? Oh my <laughs> god, I love her. I, I love her. The <laughs> only, the only problem is, I don't have anyone really in the game to ship her with yet. I don't think she's got like an obvious ship, ship candidate. Yet. Yeah. Or no, they'll add more characters. They I'm sure, sure will. They will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> no, but she's, she's, she's fantastic. No, she's uh, she's she's awesome, and I'm glad I'm glad Oleg isn't the, the the head of Wildfire because that was he was kind of a uh, wet blanket to me.
0: He he also didn't have enough pixels, so you know.
2: Oh my be... God! That, did you notice that that was that's something that drove that drove me nuts that I didn't realize. So this is something I was going to bring up um, as part of uh, the changes to Genshin. Um, they. If you're, if you, uh, for some of you who don't have, that don't use the English voices um, may not realize this, but in Genshin, they don't change the mouth movements no matter what voice you choose. So when we're, when I'm watching, you know, when I'm playing Genshin, the mouth moves, I think, according to the original Chinese, yep. um, you know, voice acting. But then they just uh, dub the, the American or, or English voice over it. Um, in Star Rail, I guess they, they change the mouth movements for each Voice for each for each uh, language, so the mouth moves with the English lines, which is impressive. Um, except for NPCs, NPCs the mouth doesn't move at all, and I've never noticed about that before. And that's also true in Genshin. Yes, it is. I've never so so the first time it happened, I watched Oleg talk, and he's I'm like his mouth isn't moving. That's so weird. What's going on? And I Google it, and they're like, oh yeah, get, they they never animate. NBCs, but because I'm so never, I'm always ignoring the mouth in Genshin because it it. doesn't match up anyway. I just never noticed it.
4: Oh, that's Um, funny.
2: I know, right? (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but because they started animating, the other thing is because they started animating the mouth, I, I pay so much more attention to it and it's almost a little bit distracting because I'm so used used to it. (laughs) I'm not used to it. Right. And when it doesn't quite line up perfectly, I notice it so much more. Whereas before it would be like, they'd stop talking five sentences ago and I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, that just cracked me up.
1: I haven't tried Star Royal, and I've only listened to the uh, the Chinese and the English so far for StarRail. I haven't tried the other languages, but now I'm kind of curious and have to swap later tonight and <laughs> see.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it must be automated. I'm pretty sure it's not, they don't do it by hand. I'm pretty sure they must have, because it would just be too much effort that they must do what um, some other Half games have done. Is that what they do and how, like, where they, where they, um... Well that, well, that was based on, like, the sound wave files of the speech,
3: and then the the mouth would actually open and close, and like, they the... did some, like, fancy
2: tech for that. Yeah. I assume they could do something similar if they in here as well. Uh, yeah, I, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, maybe that maybe they do it by, by hand, but it would be a, a Herculean undertaking.
0: I, I, I really think it's one of those things that your brain sort of fills in the gaps because I, I use a piece of software called uh, video for like doing PNG tuber streaming stuff. And, you know, I only have basically a open mouth and closed mouth uh, uh, picture. Right. But when you have it synced up and you're chatting, it still looks good enough. Good enough that it's not distracting.
1: My only knowledge of any kind of like model animation like that is from uh, the Miku Miku Dance program where you (laughs) can put models in and you can animate them. And animating mouth movement on that is exhausting. So I can only imagine, like, that's my only reference point.
2: So, on that topic of Natasha, I'm curious what everyone's uh, best favorite ultimate is. I was talking, I. I was, uh, talking to my girlfriend about this. Uh, we were, I was actually, we're, we were, um, I was playing the game next to her and I was showing her some of the ultimates and I was like, so what do you think of this one? And what do you think of this one? Cause she was, she kind of likes watching me play. And, uh, I did show her Natasha's ultimate and she had opinions. Um...
1: I too I, have opinions.
2: <laughs> I, I I'm guessing you might know what I'm talking about.
1: I think your girlfriend and I have the same opinion <laughs> that it's the poor a, teddy bear. The, yeah, the the, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> is a little too heavy-handed, I think.
2: <laughs> well, right right before that, so there's 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 right so there's there's the, the teddy bear, but right before that, there's you know it's it's very the the camera zooms in, in very, very
4: specific areas very
2: specifically on a on a part of her body and and i i remember i was show i told her i was like oh you know i really like welts alt i think it's just wicked cool i i I think you know march um march 7th is kind of cute and silly and then there's there's um you know the trailblazers i just think it's is the physical one is just, just kind of badass and i was like what do you think of this one honey and I click the, I click the thing, and it, and it does. She does the thing, and she just looks at me. And she goes, "Oh, come on." <laughs>
1: Remind me to do an experiment with my best friend next week. <laughs> yeah, on this. I'm really
4: curious now. Because I was, because I didn't know too. if
2: it would be as obvious. Because I, because like I've been, I, I didn't know how obvious it would be for non-players of the game because it happens so quickly. But apparently, it was pretty, pretty darn obvious. <laughs>
4: yeah
1: i think in terms of my favorite alt, uh i think welts is actually probably my favorite so far i don't have to part yet but his is also really cool
3: i have yeah, not what? watched all the ultimates yet but i, I still like Hemiko's uh, ultimate
1: oh hers most. is really cool <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to go with uh, Tingyun because there's nothing better than just having an ASMR break in the middle of your uh, <laughs> <a> battle.
1: <laughs> you know, you you got a good point there.
3: <laughs> all right, I know what I'm doing after this podcast is over. I'm gonna
2: watch all the uh, all the ultimates right now. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping to get surprised every time I get a new character. to See what they're like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I only looked up like the ones that I really wanted to see, like the characters that I really want to be pulling. Um, But I also want to be surprised for most of the other ones. I love that there's ultimates for every character in this game, like they have the nice animations.
2: Yes, very much so.
3: Although some are definitely better than others. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) It is such a, a huge improvement, though, over Genshin, where some characters effectively get the special treatment. Uh, every character in uh, in Star Rail feels like they got the special treatment when it comes to their skills, their ultimates, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah they've all got nice, unique animations, and uh, the love behind like each character animation and how much they actually thought about it really
4: shows, I think.
0: Well, on the topic of animations, we're definitely going to have a lot of new characters we're all going to be rolling for this week, including uh, the general. So, given that uh, the banner is just open for rolling about now, I think this is a good place for us to uh, call it the end of this episode of Trailblazer Talk. Until next time, best of luck with your rolls and keep blazing those new trails. We'll see you soon. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye everybody.